want you to know better, do better, and be better. This is Hair, Head, and Heart with your host, cosmetology instructor, industry advocate, and writer, Mary Reed Johnson. Hello. Well, I am so happy to be with you guys again. This is Mary, and we are here for Head, Head, and Heart. Um, if you are listening live at BBS Radio, just go ahead, and if you have a question or comment, feel free to call in. Uh, I like helping with Hair, Head, and Heart. It's a great empowerment and good information uh, sharing opportunity for me and then our guests. Today we're going, we, well, recently in Minnesota, we lost a bid for the World Expo 2023. And, you know, there were um, a, a lot of people who were saddened by it. And, you know, I understand it's a big money deal. But with those huge events, there are so many things that happen behind the scenes that are kind of negative. So, you know, we, we're having Super Bowl next year, and we have some other things coming but uh, when if if you're if you're in one of those committees that's trying to make a play for your city to host a particular event, yes, there's a lot of money in it, but there are people that are sometimes displaced or at least affected in many many ways, and we'll talk about that. Uh, like many places, we try to attack the big events, but uh, between NASCAR and Super Bowl and Kentucky Derby and on and on and on, um, it, there are some high uh, prices uh, to pay. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, we're going to talk also about how benevolence helps make a difference in closing some gaps in, in opportunities across the land. Also, a reminder that Small Business Day is coming. We'll talk about that. And on and on. So thank you for joining me. Uh, there's some uh, things that happen beyond the headcount. Uh, on events that do totally affect people. One of the things, and, and I'll speak from Minnesota, but these are things that go on across the land. Uh, there are homeless people. We have about a 20% homeless rate in Minneapolis, and even though we rate very high typically as far as best places to live almanac, part of that uh, draw sometimes are to attract people who want to have an opportunity. And if the opportunities don't work out, then they become homeless or they are homeless. And so what do we do with this 20% of the population? And by the way, in Minnesota, the largest and the fastest growing population of homeless are people who are 55 and over. Uh, they're building a lot of uh, facilities, whether they are hotels or more housing, you know, these types of things to accommodate uh, the guests that will be visiting the city. Our downtown is totally destroyed. Uh, businesses have been displaced and that type of thing. And when the Super Bowl gets here, everything will be, you know, a lot of pop-up businesses. And often these, these huge committees that work on these big events, um, some of the same members are on these different committees. And so they own the hotels and they own many, many things that come to the city so that when their events come, they can reap all the rewards. Um, 
I, I don't think there's anything wrong with making money, but one of the things that happens, for example, to our homeless people, if they are in uh, the perimeters of the site, and so we'll just use Super Bowl this year, uh, they're in out or they're right inside the perimeter, some of the shelters. So those people automatically just basically uh, get money. They don't individually get money, but some of those agencies get grant money, federal grant money, and uh, basically are displaced or, or relocated to some area outside of the venue space or the venue perimeter. Uh, so in most cities, there's really extremely large-scale relocation. In Minnesota, it, it's it's a, a lot, but not as much. And the, the thing is, they find money for the people to um, be relocated or the, the uh, shelters to be relocated just in time to have these events. I, I find that um, fascinating. So the people, the good news is they're not te- technically homeless anymore. They're building new shelters just outside of the perimeter of the space. My thought is that could have been done and they wouldn't, they could have ended, you know, certain levels of homelessness if uh, they were in the right frame of mind, they meaning government entities. Uh, Prostitution increases dramatically when you have these big events. And again, uh, prostitution is a very old profession. It's not a new thing, Um, but there's opportunity there for the service provider as well as, you know, these people who are visiting in, in, in different cities and just kind of incognito as well as the business um, providers. Uh, they, you know, it, it's just something that is uh, a part of Super Bowl or a part of Kentucky Derby, just any of those big events. So, uh, one of the things that has been started, and actually it's a second organization, there was one started a few years back called WHISPER, and it stood for Women Heard in Systems of Prostitution Engaged in Revolt. But basically this organization was started by a woman who stopped the sexual exploitation that she was experiencing. So she was actually a prostitute and um, didn't like the sex trafficking anymore and just decided that she didn't want to be enslaved anymore. And so uh, she stopped um, participating in that end of things. She actually started Whisper, and it was a nonprofit organization. And it it had a really good start, but eventually the... um, the funding waned for it. So instead of just not doing that anymore and and just going on with her life, um, she decided to start another organization. So with Minnesota, um, or it's in Minnesota, and it is called uh, Breaking Free. So if you are a person who are, even if you're not part of the, the influx of people who are part of the Super Bowl or anything, but if you're a person who is, um, a prostitute or somehow pulled into that lifestyle at any any part of uh, abuse or exploit sexual exploitation, then there is help for you here. They help 
pretty much anyone uh, in their circumstance, and it's not only women, it's typically women, but, um, it, it, you know, if you're a sister and you need some help, then they are there for you, and if you're a male and you need some help, then they can help um, find a, a group that will help you as well. But uh, it's called Breaking Free. There is a phone number that I encourage you to connect with to find more about the organization, and that is 651-645-6557. Or you can just, if you are more uh, in tune with uh, emailing and that type of stuff, again, just breakingfree at breakingfree.net. So it, uh, it has been around since 1996. And again, it's a nonprofit, pretty much helping women involved in different systems of uh, abuse and exploitation. And because we have this this Super Bowl coming up, it's a big um, boost. And I've got to say, just from observing, I've seen uh, prostitution is not as um, cheesy as you might see in the movie. It's pretty slick. Uh, you see people... Um, just using their phones, kind of like you get an Uber, uh, you order an Uber, you can order your ladies or your, your prostitutes these days, and it's not too hard to figure out what's going on in, in some instances. But, I mean, there are places that it is legal, and uh, they have a different level of, uh, of um, I guess, opportunity for the ladies, but here it's not legal, and they're not protected, so... Groups like Breaking Free really can help you if you want to escape or if you want to um, change your lifestyle or change the um, circumstances that you are living in. Again, look it up and connect with them. Some of the security, we talked about technology. Security is a huge thing in our Super Bowl process for Minnesota. One of the things that happened is uh, there, there are groups that are approved and and supposedly screened and this type of stuff, and they meet a certain level of, of safety and whatever criteria, at least for security, and also the other parts of Super Bowl committee. They look at different things that they would want to be associated with. So in in Minnesota, what happened is a security company that had been in place probably 12 years, not just for Minnesota, but for all these big type events, come to find out that they were not screening properly. At At what point in time that started, I'm not sure, but they were not doing all the things that they said that they were doing. And that was discovered and uh, after the uh, contract had been approved and these types of things. So now they're scrambling around trying to right that wrong so that people who attend Super Bowl this year will be protected. Um, it's just kind of interesting, but um, you just never, never know. So you have to be uh, positioned, but who's you know really doing a, a credible job as far as screening certain things, we, we really don't have much say in that, but it is a big thing. Technology is a big thing. Um, emergency resource training and management, all of that um, usually comes through procurement contracts. And so if you are a person or a, a business, big or small, that thinks you have an interest in, the, in this type of thing, um, there is opportunity and you don't wait till the event. As soon as... Um, 
one end. So as soon as the the Kentucky Derby ends for one year, they pretty much regroup and start planning for the next year. So you could just look up the different venues, see if you um, can participate. And it's a process. You start it early and um, maybe a couple of months before the actual event, um, it's announced, well, about six months before the actual event, it's announced if you're going to be, you know, what level of participant. And then from there, you start to plan and you get really, really active. And they help you with all of the training and, and that type of thing. So, it, you know, if you're a small business, it could be a good thing for you um, or even a large business. There are many, many things. Everything you can imagine is needed in these in these events. So, especially food vendors, um, you know, laboratories, just you name it. If you have a service that you think people could use during a big uh, welcoming to your town, um, I would start looking at your event and kind of work through and find out what you need to do to become a part of it. And if you don't become an official part, there's still opportunity for visitors to visit your business. Um, along those lines, if, just a reminder that it is Small Business Saturday coming up. Oh, actually, just missed it. It was November 17th. So for those of you who didn't participate this year, you kind of missed out. Um, there are some great things that happen for small businesses specifically on that date. And what what things that you can look for even next year is how to tie in just um, Bing and all, you know, every kind of social media has different offerings. You can ride the coattails of uh, an affiliate that you like or that you um, maybe can partner with or have partner, partnered with in the past. But it's a great place to attract uh, customers who eventually um, can spread your message or, you know, uh, spread the information that you've given to everyone so that your business can grow. So there, you know, that's kind of a fill of the gap in an in a opportunity that um, you should take advantage of or you can take advantage of every single year. And I hope that you will do that. Um, by the way, the World Expo ended up, it's going to be in Argentina in 2023. So that'll be a great thing. Reminder that um, we have some different types of protections. Different types of protections um, for this busy season of give and take. And we'll talk about those protections that are needed um, in just a second. We in the industry don't have very many, and the industry being cosmetology, we don't have a lot of scholarships, believe it or not. And so one of the um, people who has for years been uh, known for giving and, and giving back to the, the industry is a man named Joe Francis. Now, Joe actually was really a barber, and he started out when he was 17, and he was actually, how, how he got noticed was he was the youngest licensed barber 
in Minnesota in 1957. But um, if you're outside of Minnesota, you would certainly know him because he just has been around so long. So he did a lot of the barber hairstyling uh, for men. Um, he had the first full-service salon. that had facials and manicures and that type of stuff. He also is credited with razor-cutting techniques. So he um, brought the industry you know, out of the 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 dark ages will say because uh, barbers used to be the dentist and the you know many many other things but he brought it to a, a different level and so he's known by a lot of people in the industry um, and he passed away some years ago but he is one of the few that offers a scholarship and so if uh, even though the numbers in the industry are just kind of fragmented and they're talking about for example in Minnesota the the training here is 1500 hours or 1550 hours for uh, cosmetology so what they're trying to do and around the country they're trying to do uh, to make it a cost-effective form of vocational training is lessen the hours so instead of it being a 1,550-hour program in Minnesota, a full program for cosmetology, they are trying to have it to be 1,000 hours. Um, you know, and this is the, the discussion and what's happening throughout the land. Now, it doesn't mean that you are going to be able to do everything. So they'll segment the different um, parts of cosmetology. So if you do the 1,000-hour program, you might specialize in hair uh, and the hair manipulation. And if you want to just have a specialty license in nails or a specialty license in skin care or a specialty license in braiding, you know, that type of stuff, they're, they're breaking apart. So they'll still get the same amount of dollars, if not more. But if you wanted to get uh, at least in the field, get your feet wet, then uh, you can just plan on fewer hours. That is not uh, in place in Minnesota yet, but it is something that's going on across many, many states. And Minnesota actually has more hours than most states anyway. So um, look for that if you want to get in the industry, but you want it to be a cost-effective thing. Back to Joe. Now, Joe and his wife actually decided to offer these scholarships, and they just uh, announced the recipients. We had a few in Minnesota, but um, the scholarships uh, were announced in late October. And this year they gave $1,200 each to 26 students. And it started off, it used to be uh, a smaller amount and, you know, maybe two or three students. But thank goodness for him, it's it's growing. The, the hair care scholarship uh, tuition costs have increased. And, um, you know, it's just nice to have somebody reach back, even though, you know, and after he's gone, he's still reaching back and helping people in, in large ways. So I just appreciate him. And um, if you are interested in uh, getting that scholarship next year, you just look up the annual Joe Francis Hair Care Scholarship Awards and basically pick a school say what your passion and your interest is in the industry, and maybe you'll be one of those lucky recipients. 
there's all kinds of gaps that are being closed, which is wonderful for everybody involved. Uh, Minnesota has embraced uh, pre-kindergarten. Now, that's something where uh, if, if you're familiar with Head Start and some of those programs that are across the land, they they weren't doing so well as far as uh, getting finance. So kids were going two hours here, two hours there. And, you know, some schooling for kids, you know, it gives them an opportunity to learn more words, to be better socialized and that type of thing. But Governor Dayton has made a huge investment in giving more kids a great start and so what he's what he's uh, doing is closing that opportunity gap. And so um, if you get a good jump start, then you're probably going to do better later in life when, when um, you're in high school. If you're a great ball player, it doesn't help you at all to have a 1.83 GPA, as one of my friends said, and, and think that you're going to go to college and play ball. You, you can't get into a college with that kind of GPA. So if you have a, a good jump start, then um, that early investing can lead to, learn, uh, lead to more scholarships and maybe uh, just all kinds of opportunities. So this is a voluntary program, meaning it's not mandatory. You don't have to do it. But if you have little little sprouts and you want them to go to school, they have all-day kindergarten. They have all-day pre-K. They have all-day, you know, um, little preschools. And um, hopefully they're going to affect about 2,200 young learners across Minnesota. And uh, if you wanted to have your your family or your little ones involved in something like that, just look up free or voluntary pre-kindergarten. Uh, I don't think they have a specific name for most of the programs, uh, but uh, it is certainly something that is rare and unique. So um, it, it is coming this fall. It's uh, state funding for pre-K. That's the best way to look at it. I was looking, uh, trying to find a website that um, you could go to, and it's just kind of information right now, but it has been approved in the state budget. And if you have those little kids, teach them words, teach them as many words, increase their vocabulary as much as you can at home. But not everybody's a teacher. So you want to encourage or look up those pre-K programs and get them involved. The other day, my uh, grandbabies, uh, they go to a pretty nice daycare, and it had literally a harp player. It had uh, a little cucumber sandwiches. Everybody's work was displayed um, artistically, you know, different collections and collaborations and different types of work, just like, a, you know, a grown-up event. And uh, the teachers were dressed in uniform, you know, in, in black. And um, it was, had, you know, in addition to the harp player in different rooms, they had different, you know, lyrical um, sounds. And so it was really just very nice. And you can, you know, it doesn't take a lot of money to you know, do these things, but it does take some. So if you're a, a daycare provider, if you're a 
person who volunteers your time, if you have kids in daycare, you're typically a stay-at-home mom, any of that type of stuff, you know, you can pump it up just a notch and expose those kids to more because I do think that they will, when they're exposed, they will meet the challenge and it will be a very, very good thing. I'm going to just take a minute and uh, let you regroup. We're going to talk about holidays and and um, instead of giving back, some of the taking that goes on. Because not everybody celebrates holidays, but we must be aware that scammers are always looking for someone else's stuff, and we don't want it to be yours. So we're going to talk about that after just a little moment break, and you're listening to Mary Reed Johnson, Hair-Headed Heart, and we'll join you in just a minute. Heart is an intercultural experience. Our experts and enthusiasts want you to explore the world through radio. Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, join Mary Reed Johnson for live and robust discussions on BBS Radio. The live show call-in number is 1-888-627-6008. Visit 3hwellness.org for more ways to connect. Thanks. All right. So I had a client who was shut down literally because they were victims of bank fraud. And siphoning off money, a little. What what happened to them was someone was siphoning off money in their account a little bit at a time. Like they traced it back to like August, and um, then recently, so in October, what that person did is made a five hundred dollar purchase, and that was painful for them, and so few minutes, uh, uh, or not a few minutes ago, a few days ago, I was looking over my statements online and I noticed that a check was written in the amount of like 30 bucks. And for one, I don't do online bill pays and, um, or I do a lot of online bill pay and I hardly write checks. So that was weird. And then number two, the check number was really, really high. And um, it's like, that just didn't, it well anyway so this the company that wrote the check or whatever it said uh, loans for me and it's loansforme.com so that is definitely a scam i've never heard of them never used them i googled them i found that that others uh were scammed with that same company name as well so make sure if you see anything that says anything like that or just anything out of uh, ordinary for you that you you hurry up and you call your bank um, they'll ask you strange questions like are you sure you didn't forget your check somewhere um, for me I said no and um, 
It's like, are you sure you didn't write a check? And then you go over to talk to a check specialist and, you know, that type of stuff. So long story short, what they did for me and what they did with my client, mine was pretty easy and it wasn't a painful amount. And luckily I noticed right away. But the first thing they do is they put your account on hold. Like money can go in, but no money can come out until they clear that up. So um, if you have only one bank, right, or one bank account, then uh, that could be a problem. So what uh, they have told people, um, because this was a big old conversation through the whole through the week at the shop. So different people, they tell them things like you can go open up another bank account or even open up another checkings account. Um, you can get the money transferred and that type of stuff. Now, the restriction isn't there. Uh, or Once the restriction is on there, it can't be lifted. So um, it makes it pretty hard. You have to get some money from some other source than what's on that account. So you can't literally, in, in most of the banks, actually transfer. And it's like just crazy. So um, one of the... The things is if the investigation goes into 30 days, no problem for them, but it could be a problem for you. And so um, they wanted uh, one of the ladies, she wanted to have her funds transferred, just even just, you know, just could they lift that restriction for like five minutes so she could transfer her funds. And basically with that particular bank, they said, nope, they couldn't help her. And um she wanted to pay her bills, and, and frankly, she just couldn't do anything. So for her, she thought um, with the draining of the account, and that seemed to be the consist- consensus that people would get little amounts that they didn't notice drained, and so, um, you know, find a big old flaw later. But um, she thought it was just easier even to get the drain from her account every month than to put up with the restrictions and that type of stuff. And, you know, I, I, a different person, so I wouldn't do that. It's like, no, find who did it. And, and that's what I did, found the company. And um, they just are a known scammer. And so they you know, set up with different names and everything. Um, the other thing that I did personally, I changed banks. It wasn't their fault, but I didn't like the concept, I didn't realize that that was normally done, but I didn't like the concept that, you know, I didn't do anything strange or weird. I reported this little snafu and basically I kind of get penalized um, while they figure it out. And I just didn't think that was uh, cool, but it, it really almost doesn't matter. So I didn't have to change banks, but if you're not getting deal dealt with the uh, way you want to be uh, dealt with or um, they just question you like you've done something odd and, you know, that type of stuff, I would, you know, compare, look at the other bank accounts and credit unions and that type of stuff, see, see what's out there. Um, something that might be helpful if you ask them how long – you think your account would be frozen, that could be helpful because that could help you plan or access if you even have to take out um, 
a personal loan or something just to get by. Um, luckily, I have a type of business where I can make money by the day if I need to, and that's helpful. Um, but again, if it's your only account, then that could be a problem because you, you're just stuck with whatever the the bank does at that moment. So I, I do encourage multiple accounts, bank banking accounts, credit accounts, different um, things. You should always have something separate, a business a business account you know, whether it's checking or savings or both, and you should have personal accounts separate from your business. That's just logical anyway. But if you don't, um, never too late to separate. Um, One of the stories that I got was from a person who said that they had moved a few years ago. They did a big old check into a new savings account at the new bank, and um, the the teller actually put in an extra zero from for a deposit anyway and uh it went from a five figure deposit to a six uh figure deposit big huge difference anyway so they they put placed a lock on that account for 10 business days to wait for the check to clear i think that 10 days is not too painful or it wasn't painful for her but um she noticed the error that evening when she went home. She noticed that, um, you know, that there was that that error from the five to the six. Anyway, and she went right back to the bank, and they couldn't do anything for her. She said, except release a hundred dollars. So for ten days, she lived off a hundred dollars, um, but um, she didn't like how they treated her, and so she closed the account. And um, three months later, she had a, a, a mortgage and some other things tied with it. Um, but anyway, it took her three months, but she moved all of her stuff um, to another institution. And um, she told them why. And, you know, she just wasn't very tolerant about people just screwing around with her money, and, and rightfully so. Um Things just happen. Um, Again, I would say maintain at least two different accounts, two checking, two, um, you know, just especially if you're in business and personal, keep those things separate. Um, Keep an adequate, if you can, adequate little cushion in your account so you don't get extra fees. Um, There are also some banks that take from your account if you don't keep a minimum balance. And those little pennies, that's a that's another type of drain, but those little pennies add up. If you if you're getting a drain from your account um like ten or fifteen dollars a month, it doesn't take very long for something that if you're keeping three hundred dollars in your account, it doesn't take very long for that to, you know, go down to one fifty. And then next thing you know, it's just gone. So don't just throw away your money if you can help it. Just be attentive. Better Business Bureau is um, looking at fraud all the time. And so what they do is they warn consumers to be aware of holiday scams. So we're going to talk specifically about some holiday things. And um, these are tips from the Better Business Bureau. 
Number one, they say be cautious about shopping online. And even though you do a lot of, um, I do an on, a lot of online shopping, um, you know, you want to look for those security things. Like if you use PayPal, make sure that they have the lock uh, icon closed and it'll say secure and it'll um, say, you know, the website PayPal. Don't answer things from PayPal like um prompts from an email and that type of thing. Go directly to your browser, put it in. I know it's a few extra steps, but it's worth it um, so that your account is more secure, that, that activity that you're engaged in is more secure. So so do that that thing, that, that little small thing for yourself, and um, it'll certainly help. But back to Better Business Bureau. They say, be cautious shopping online because a lot of people are using the chip readers and what they're finding is that is helping. There's less fraud at actual stores, brick-and-mortar stores, and so scammers have shifted their efforts to online. So if um, you're online, use a credit card instead of a debit card. Um Shop at secure websites, like I said, that little S is for secure and the lock symbol. If you see those things, um, that's helpful. Also, instead of just a www, that HTTPS, um, that is part of the security system for a web address. So make sure if you're doing something for pay that it has those those two things, uh, if nothing else. PayPal, again, it says don't link your PayPal account to your bank account or your debit card. Again, credit's okay, but debit is easier to um, defraud. Link your PayPal account to a credit card. Um, If you get an email from PayPal, uh, don't click on those links. Watch, again, watch your balance very, very carefully. You can verify merchants or make sure that the the merchants are verified. Um, there's a lot of look-alike websites. And so a look-alike, look-alike website, some things that you might see that make you say, hmm, no, nah, I don't know, especially if you've visited often and suddenly you look and it's uh, changed the coloring, the logo looks fuzzy, the sizing is off, any of those types of things, just go, you know, just abandon that website and go, to your browser, put things in properly, and see if um, you have a more familiar result. But um, look-alike websites um, should have uh, or may have things like URLs that are close um, to what you had. Say it's um, PayPal. I'm just on the PayPal today. But say if it said PayPal with an S. You know, you're not really necessarily always paying attention, but that is not PayPal. Or if you look at the URL and it, it has um, it has big, you know, PayPal.net, for example, versus .com. You know, things like that um, make a difference because you're going to an entirely another site. So usually this happens with well-known things like the post office. Um, post office scams are huge. Um, you might get something, especially a senior person, might get something saying that they have something at the post office and it needs to be picked up. 
but they get all these just increasingly threatening uh, emails saying that they need to pick up this item. They're not expecting an item, and you know it might go back and forth. But if in the end um, the emails say that you need to pay some amount of money to ship your item back or pay some amount of money to have more details, anything like that, that's a scam. And the post office actually has uh, brochures telling you about whatever the most popular scams are this year. So absolutely look at that type of stuff. Um, in lieu of that, you have a lot of fake shipping shipping notifications. So they might have attachments or links to sites that will download badware or malware on your computer. And what the malware does is it takes your identity, it takes your passwords, that type of thing. So just really protect yourself. Try not to be fooled by these holiday, and, and true, they go on throughout the year. Tax time is another time. So um, watch out for those fake shipping notifications. Uh, E-cards, sometimes you get little cutesy little E-cards for on Facebook even. And they're fun and they're cute, but um, two things to watch out for is you don't see a sender's name attached, right? Or that they ask you to share some additional information to get the card. So anything like that, just, you know, Enjoy the cuteness, but don't do anything with it. Um, maybe delete it so you don't. Um, you're not paying if you're not paying attention later. Um, you know you won't be part of that scam. Believe it or not, people are so trifling that even letters from Santa uh, have become a, a tool of scammers. So if you Get a letter from Santa. You know, a lot of them are personalized. It'll say, you know, Mary such and so. So what they do often is they have parents fill out the information, you know, for the little child so it can be personalized. And then they ask them with all this, you know, stuff that really just shouldn't be asked. Um, And that's all to get information from unsuspecting parents. So uh, I will say the Better Business Bureau does have a a little part on their um, website to find out which ones, which companies are known scammers for letters from Santa. So you should go to BBB.org to find out which ones are legitimate and which ones are not. Probably since it's Christmas or for it's a Christmas since it's a Christmas scam, I should say which ones are naughty and which ones are nice. So they've got a lot of those. The list is too long. BBB.org. Find out which ones are legit. There's an emergency scam. You probably know these or have seen these. So be very very cautious. If you get a call from a family member or a friend claiming that that person was in an accident or that they were arrested or they were hospitalized, you know, that type of thing, especially if they're traveling in another country, um, there's different ways that you can confirm with another family member to see if it's true. So if someone, and it's, you know, you don't have to 
feel bad about protecting yourself. You want to make sure that if somebody is in trouble, that you help them. But first, you want to make sure that they're really actually in trouble. So one of the things they might do is call and say, such and such and so is in the hospital, and we can't give service until um, we get payment or we confirm her insurance or, you know, that type of thing. So... All you have to do, really, you can take all the information you want from them, give them none of your information, because HEPA laws, they shouldn't even be discussing certain things with you anyway, unless something's been signed or there's some kind of um, proof uh, that they can be talking to you. But um, don't give them your information. Get as much of their information as possible. And then say it was a brother. Call, call your other brother and find out if he's heard anything. Um, and if he has, make sure it's not the same scam. So I don't know how they connect the dots uh, to uh, perpetrate these frauds, but it's done. So just call around a couple of people. Usually after a couple of phone calls, you, you know that something is not right. And you don't have to return a call. You don't have to bless them out. You don't have to do anything. But you can report to the local police. You can report to uh, Better Business Bureau, that type of thing so that they can squash that particular uh, scam. There's a lot of phony charities. Um, Everyone's in a generous mood during the holidays, so scammers take advantage of that. And they have fake charity solicitations by email. They put them on social media sites. And, you know, they might even have your phone number, so they'll text you something um, to your phone. And... um, a good place for you to check out if a charity is real or not. Um, go to give, G-I-V-E dot org, before you donate. Um, GoFundMe, it's generically le- legit, but, you know, scammers are everywhere. So just be watchful. And um, I think a good place to look is give.org, again, before you donate. Afterwards, it's, I won't say it's too late, but... Um, that can be more far-reaching than you can even imagine. There are, believe it or not, scams on temporary holiday jobs. So retailers and delivery services usually need extra help at the holidays. But anytime someone asks that you share personal information online or pay for a job lead, anything like that, you should never have to pay for job leads, federal or otherwise, just you don't pay for job leads. You, they're just accessible. People list them with certain companies. And you don't have to pay for a job. So that just makes no sense. So make sure that if you are applying for different, you know, temporary and holiday jobs, that's a good thing. But you can either apply in person or go to the retailer's main website to find out who's hiring. And again, um, it's pretty easy to find out um, if, if a company's legit. Certainly, um, if, you're, if you are looking for a temporary or holiday job, um, they're in abundance. And again, you don't have to pay for a job, no matter what it is. Advertisements, they've got um, uh, ID fraud. So again, as soon as you even suspect that you've been a victim of identity theft, um, make sure that you notice your, notify your creditors or your bank. And um, if your 
existing credit line has been affected, um, you might actually go ahead and shut down the um, the creditor. Um, certainly, you want to work with the credit card company or the bank as soon as possible. A lot of people, like I said, this week they were saying they just changed banks, but then they ran into you know similar mindsets and issues. It's like they automatically suspect that you've done something, but you have to prove basically that you don't. But um, in general, for credit cards, you have like a zero liability policy, most of them. Um, There's something called the Fair Credit Billing Act, and it'll tell you what the maximum liability is for on on, uh, unauthorized charges. Um, sometimes it's $50, sometimes depending on if you have, you know, a gold or a platinum or, you know, different companies, they have different um, liability maximums. But I'd say on average, it's like $50. So, for example, I had a client who had a daughter-in-law she loved, she trusted. Um, her son and the daughter-in-law were going through divorce mode, but she still was a good friend of my client. So there was some some suspected activity because my client had credit cards, but it was really just to um, make purchases for travel and not, you know, not too much else. She didn't do regular shopping with her credit card. So anyway, there came some uh, was a TV and some other large purchase items, and she knew that she didn't do that. And long story short, after investigation, they found out that the daughter-in-law actually was the one who had used her credit card and made some purchases. So her choices, my client's choices, were to um, prosecute the woman or absorb the cost, basically, because the company still wanted their 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 money. So um, she did confront the lady. The lady denied it, denied, denied it. She, my client, did not have the heart to prosecute and ended up, she paid a, a discounted amount, basically, but she had didn't have the items. Um, it severed a, a, a relationship because the fraud investigators, I got to say, they will get to the bottom of it. They will find who did whatever, or if, even if a company changes a name, then um, they, they can track you down. And if you do, um, you know, become a victim of that, then the ter- uh, those those balances may be paid off. It just really depends on the company that you work with. But if you um, are off the hook um, and, and anything happens afterwards, that could be uh, a problem. So uh, you want to make sure that you go ahead and prosecute so that you don't get drawn into something else. So um, there are all types of opportunity. Um, if you have anything like lost checks or, or you're cleaning up your house, so another thing that happened, so many things, um, uh, was just winter cleanup type of thing, a woman throwing things, you know, out, just normal. And uh, people go through dumpsters. She wasn't thinking about anything. She had, you know, old checkbooks, um, you know, just old paperwork, that type of thing. And um, put them in a dumpster, didn't think about it at all. But 
um, their methods that the crooks use to pull um, information off or clean up information and use checks. So that was that was a shock to her. So make sure that you are shredding documents uh, like that whenever possible. Um, you know, burn them, whatever. They're, and all shred companies, if you're working for a company and you're trying to get documents shredded, they are not created equal. A lot of them look like big, giant garbage cans with a lock on them. And most of them, or at least half of them, I'll say, actually take whatever your information is off-site to destroy. And that, to me, is a problem um, because you hope that the companies are bonded. And and when you're asking uh, or you're trying to set up something where you're um, having a security service or a shredder service work for you, make sure that they meet certain standards. I would encourage you to have them doing shredding on site. So it might mean they have the big giant bin and you put things in and it shreds right on the spot. Um, You should have a lock and the company should have a lock and there should be almost, um, well, definitely a ritual on how they access that information. You know, are you the only one that can open it? Um, is it, you know, exactly, you know, is there only one person with your uh, shredded materials at all time? Is there two, you know, where where is this really um, being shredded? I think that's the biggest issue. It's like if you can't do it on site, and it's taken off-site, you know, are these people, number one, bonded? Are they responsible? Um, What's the track record for the company? All these things you can find out with Better Business Bureau. But um, you just don't want to put things in a dumpster. You don't want to shred things off-site. And if those things happen... And you you find you know you find that you've been scammed at some level with that with checks or with shredding um, sensitive documents. Again, go to bbb.org. There's something called Scam Tracker, and it'll maybe alert you to some companies or some ways or some things that you could do to protect yourself a little better. Last thing, or one of the last things, you should put a fraud alert on your credit report. Now, um, you don't have to contact all the credit companies in all the land, but you can contact any one of them, like TransUnion, and um, request a fraud alert. So when you do that, it'll be put on all of the credit files, and it'll be there for 90 days. Then what you want to do is file a police report or fill out an ID theft complaint. Um, It's a form that they have at the FTC, uh, the Federal Trade Commission. And you can put an extended fraud alert on your credit. And that will stay in effect for seven years. Now, that's a good step if you're not sure if you're a victim or not. So like my client would have done well to have done all of those things, but she was just, she just, you know, just couldn't understand how that could possibly happen. But she had given her card um, to her her uh, daughter-in-law so that she could make some plane reservations or something like that. And the woman just, you know, got a little greedy. 
And uh, unfortunately, she never went to jail for it. And my my client, um, you know, she learned, but it's terrible. Um, if you do go through uh, the credit bureau uh, or credit reporting agencies, then they'll put a credit freeze uh, on you on you, so it it'll provide you some protection, but. Uh, at the same time, you won't be able to apply for credit or anything like that until that 90 days or if it's extended like up to seven years. Um, you're not going to be experiencing the opportunity to use your credit. But it again, it'll protect you if, if that's a concern, uh, especially if people have um, divorce things or trying to separate money from a a business partner and that business has gone wrong, then I, I would say you want to do something like that if you suspect that they are um, someone who might do something like that. But anyway, after you install a fraud alert on your credit file, you'll receive a free credit report from all three of the agencies. Um, you'll be opted out of pre-approved credit card and insurance stuff. And then after you receive your reports, um, you make a, a note of the, the you'll get be, be assigned an account number. And so that'll help you as far as tracking and, and that type of stuff with the agencies. So um, I, I think it's good to uh, check your reports for signs of fraud anyway. New accounts you didn't open, um, hard inquiries, so like if somebody's applying for a house or a car, a big ticket item things that you don't recognize, things in your payment history that you can't account for, uh, an employer you never worked for, um, information that's personal that's not even your person, you know, not even real, you know, not even your information, any of that type of stuff. And I, th I think it's sad that we have to rely on these credit reports because recently, I, I forget, it, it was Experian. They were hacked as well. So nobody is safe. <laughs> Um, but you can do some things to protect yourself. And I will just give you this last number before we go. You can contact the uh, FTC. They have an 800 number. It's 1-877-438-4338. And um, they usually only bother with really large uh, fraud cases, but Again, they, they are there to monitor and identify theft. So you might be a small person, but it's a big fraud ring. So certainly do report it. And between now and then, I just want you to know better, do better, be better. This is Mary Reed, Hairhead and Mary Reed Johnson, Hairhead and Heart, and I will talk to you next time. Thank you for joining the discussion on Hair, Head, and Heart with your host, Mary Reed Johnson. Mary steps from behind the chair to discuss universal topics and share passions and insights to help all ages and communities know better, do better, and be better. Join us every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time. Check out Hair, 
Head and Heart homepage on BBS Radio. Or visit 3hwellness.org to grow with us.